Hey, so good to welcome you to Fields Church Online, and we are so pleased that you've tuned in for this message. No matter what's going on in your world right now, we pray that you come away feeling encouraged by this message. It's funny, isn't it, how um, God says that he uses the foolish things. Um, And sometimes I think God thinks um, life is a cartoon. So he thinks, well, I've said I'll choose the foolish things, so I'll tell you what, I'll find the absolute biggest idiot I can possibly find, and I'll get him to do something on a Sunday. Um, Richard messaged me this morning and said, in his words, I've got a humdinger of a headache. So I was like, oh dear, okay, I'll, I'll stand in if you need me to. Um, so I thought, just out of interest, I said, so what were you planning to talk about? And um, he said, where, where are we? Um, the ten, 10 ways to help your church. So I thought, well, I've got a lot of time. I, can't, I won't think of 10. Um, and I had a little note written down about a verse, just one verse. And I had a look at that one verse, and then God said, oh, there's this, and there's this, and there's this. And I forgot all about what Richard had said about the 10 ways to help your church. And it just occurred to me during the worship, it's actually remarkably similar what God put on my heart, what God, I think, wants to share with us this morning. So, obviously, there's a bit of a message there. There's something that that God wants us to hear. I hope it's not too difficult to hear. I hope it's not too heavy or too much to hear. Um, But we're a team. When I, um, or when myself and a load of guys went to Bradford last week, there was a chap who did communion, and he made this really good point. He said, if any of you are managing a team, or if any of you have a team or a group of people, so I suppose that could mean your family, it could mean a team at work, it could mean a team in your private life. He said, if they're a bit dysfunctional, if they're a bit of a nuisance, then... Don't be surprised. Jesus chose a bunch of disciples and just look at them. That was the Son of God and he chose a team. He had hundreds of people to choose from and look who he chose. And I thought, wow, that's an encouragement. Um, You know, when we're looking at, at people. So we are a team. So I want to read um, a passage from Romans 15, the first 13 verses. And from that, I want to pull out three different things that um, is seen as a blessing, but it's not just a blessing to us. I want to point out the fact that the world isn't great. Shouldn't come as any surprise to you. Stuff goes wrong. Things don't go as planned, but God has an encouragement for us. God has a challenge for us, but we mustn't keep it to us. It's for everyone. So whatever God gives to us, we must have in us, but then we, it must flow out of us. So, gosh, I tell you what, this is small print. Right. I'm going to read from the message. 
because I quite like the message. Um, it puts things in fairly simple terms in everyday language. So, I'm going to put it here so I can see the light. Those of us who are strong and able in the faith need to step in and lend a hand to those who falter and not just do what is most convenient for us. Strength is for service, not status. Each one of us needs to look after the good of the people around us, asking ourselves, how can I help? How many of you, like me, have an Outlook diary? I've got a diary, yep, I've got a diary on my computer, and I put things in, I've got to do this, and I've got to speak to this person, I've got to talk to that person, this person wants to talk to me. Oh, I'll tell you what, it's an absolute nuisance. When someone, I've now got at work what they call this soft telephony, which means that by magic, when someone phones my phone at work, my computer rings, and I talk to the computer, which is a bit of a bizarre situation, but nonetheless, and sometimes, I've got, right, I've got this block and this block and this block and this block, I've got to do this, talk to it. Oh, and someone's phoned me. Oh! Maybe sometimes we need to stop. Maybe sometimes we need to help. It said there, each of us needs to look after the good of the people around us, asking ourselves, how can I help? It's not all about us. It's not all about our time. It's not all about, I've got this appointment, this appointment, but this appointment. Sometimes people come into our lives and disrupt the diary. Is the first thing we think, how can I help? Anyway, moving on. That's exactly what Jesus did. He didn't make it easy for himself by avoiding people's troubles, but waded right in and helped out. I took on the troubles of the troubled, is the way the scriptures puts it. Even if it was written in the scripture long ago, you can be sure it's written for us. God wants the combination of his steady, constant calling and warm personal counsel in scripture to come to characterize us, keeping us alert for whatever he will do next. May our dependably steady and warmly personal God develop maturity in you so that you can get along with each others as well as Jesus gets along with us all. When I read that, I thought I remembered last week in Bradford, there was a thousand or so men, big ones, tall ones, fat ones, thin ones, different colour, different background, different job, different whatever, we all had two things in common. One, well, three. One, we were all men. Two, we were all there to meet God. And three, we all had a band on our wrists so we could get in. And when we went out into the city... When we went out on a Friday night seeking pizza or curry or more curry or, well, possibly a bit more curry, then we went out shining 
God. We went out, we were noticeable, we had that band on. But we were a very disparate bunch. You looked round and you saw young people, old people, all sorts. And then it says, Then will be a choir. Not our voices only, but the very lives singing in harmony in a stunning anthem to the God and Father of our Master Jesus. Last week we had a chap leading worship when we were at Bradford called Martin Smith, who personally I think is great. Um, and we sang a song, and I videoed a bit of it because it was amazing. It was a bit of a sing-along song, and you had this song, and it was written in such a way that it's, you had a thousand men singing it. So you imagine a thousand men singing this song. Now, it wasn't beautiful, and it wasn't... We didn't all sing parts and all the rest of it. It was basically just, ugh, singing. <laughs> it was, you know, the, the, the stand behind the goal at the football ground singing. And then I thought, when I got home, I thought, I'm going to look that up on YouTube, because I, I, I bet I can find it. And I found it, and it had, like, a gospel choir to sing into the background. And it was completely different. It wasn't any better, any worse, but it was completely different. Our lives should be singing however we sing, like a choir. It should be that. We're all singing together. We're all worshipping God together, but our lives should transmit that, regardless of how we sing. Some of you are probably very gentle and very nice, so your lives will sing in one way. Others of us are a little le less gentle, a little less nice, aren't we, Josh? Yes, he's quite happy to say yes, Dad, you're not gentle and nice. Um, and our lives, nonetheless, should sing out, should sing out like a choir. So I'll read that again. Then we'll be a choir, not our voices only, but our very lives, singing in harmony in a stunning anthem to the God and Father of our Master Jesus. So, reach out and welcome one another to God's glory. Jesus did it, now you do it. Jesus, staying true to God's purposes, reached out in a special way to the Jewish insiders so that the old ancestral promises would come true for them. As a result, the non-Jewish outsiders have been able to experience mercy and to show appreciation to God. Just think of all the scriptures that will come true in what we do. For instance, then I'll join outsiders in a hymn sing. I'll sing to your name. And this one, outsiders and insiders rejoice together. And again, people of all nations celebrate God. All colours and races give hearty praise. And Isaiah's word. There's, there's the root of our ancestor, Jesse, breaking through the earth, and growing tree tall, tall enough for everyone, everywhere, to see and take hope. So the writer there talks about the insiders and the outsiders. 
I'll challenge you, and I'll challenge myself. Let's challenge me this morning. We may be insiders, but God also wants to reach the outsiders. Again, we, Steve talked about the guy last week who was a drug dealer. If you probably said to me, Mark, stereotype that bloke, just tell me what you think he is, he probably screamed, drug dealer. And yet God loves him. God had a job for him to do. It's not just all about us inside taking this blessing in. It's about us giving out the blessing. God wants to reach everyone. Oh, may the God of hope fill you up with joy, fill you up with peace, so that your believing lives, filled with the life-giving energy of the Holy Spirit, will brim over with hope. Just thinking about that last verse, in the NIV, it says, Now may God, the fountain of hope, fill you to overflowing with uncontainable joy and perfect peace as you trust in him. And may the power of the Holy Spirit continually surround your life with his superabundance until you radiate with hope. So, sorry, that wasn't the NIV. Let me press the right button and get the NIV up. I told you he uses the idiots. So, let's have a look. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So I want to think about three things. That last verse, so it's just talked about um, us being a church, being a body that is unified, singing as a choir and so on. But is it just for our benefit? Is it just so we can come here on a Sunday morning and feel good and be nice and friendly here? No, it's so we can overflow. And that's something that I see as a challenge to me. I hope you'll see as a challenge to you. So there are three areas that in that verse the writer talks about. Talks about joy, talks about peace, and talks about hope. So we're coming up to Christmas. They're three areas we often think about at Christmas. But when you look out at the world, when we see people going about their everyday lives, do we see people who are overflowing with joy, peace, and hope? No. We often see people around who are downtrodden, who are struggling, who are thinking about the future, and that future doesn't always fill them with joy, peace, and hope. So I want to look at those three areas just fairly quickly through a group of verses. I apologize, I didn't have time to knock up a PowerPoint this morning. So if you've got a Bible, then follow along. If you want to write them down and have a look at them later, I encourage you to do that. So I want to look at joy, peace and hope on the basis of 
what I sort of scribbled down and said, how things are, how things can be for us, and how we can make that better, or how we can translate that to others. So in Habakkuk 3, verses 17 and 18, so joy, first of all. It says, though the fig tree doesn't bud, and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails, and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen, and no cattle in the stalls, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God, my Saviour. So the verse there is saying, if I can't see, if I haven't got, if I haven't got the, the things, the visible manifestation now of all the things that I feel I need physically, all the things I think I need for my survival, for my happiness, for my benefit, I can still rejoice in the Lord. I can still be joyful in God, my Saviour. Because God loves us. God is for us. God wants to bless us. So sometimes the Bible acknowledges that we may not necessarily have everything we want. We may sometimes go through difficult times. The world is going through difficult times. In the New Testament, James pointed out that actually we should expect that. We live in a fallen world. We live in a very difficult world. So James said, Consider it all joy, my brothers and sisters, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. Let endurance have its perfect result, so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. So James acknowledges the fact that sometimes we will go through difficult times. Some times there will be problems. The psalmist said, When anxiety was great within me, your consolation brought me joy. So even though we may have physically not everything we want, even though sometimes things we, we may go through trials and difficulties, the psalmist said that even when anxiety was great within me, God consoles us and brings us joy. In Philippians, Paul says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say again, rejoice. God has promised that he'll never leave us. God has promised he won't leave us. He won't leave us on our own. He is in us. I certainly know times in my life where I've been sat all on my own, things aren't going well, and I've I've, I confess, I've tried all sorts of ways of bringing joy into my life. I've tried all sorts of ways of numbing the pain, getting rid of the pain, most of which cost me a lot of money, some of which may result, I don't know, in my life being shorter than it should be because of damage you cause yourselves. But that didn't get anywhere. In the end, 
God reached through. In the end, God brought consolation. We've all probably been through that. We've all probably experienced that. And God is faithful. And God brought us through. And God promises he'll bring us through. So in Romans, the writer says, Rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn. So we can have joy, but the Bible recognizes the fact that life is not always joyful, not always happy. But we can come alongside. Are we coming alongside? Are we hearing encouraging things on a Sunday, hearing encouraging things at the life group, having experience of God, but are we mourning with those who mourn? Are we coming alongside those who are maybe going through a difficult time? I would challenge you. I challenge myself. I certainly know in my work, I come across a lot more now people who are struggling, people who are having difficulties. Do we come alongside them? Do we reflect the joy that God can give, that God promises that he will provide? Peace. The second area that's in here is about peace. Is there a lot of peace in the world? In John, Jesus said, I've told you these things so you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Jesus has overcome the world. Jesus um, overcome death, overcame sickness. Jesus can make us overcomers. In John 14, Jesus said, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. Jesus said, You will have troubles. We know we will have troubles. But he leaves us his peace. We see stories in the Bible. We see accounts of Jesus in the storm, asleep. We see accounts of where things are happening and yet Jesus demonstrated peace. We might think, oh, that's unrealistic. It's different then. It's so much more difficult now. God is still said he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Nothing has happened in the world that God doesn't know, that he, Jesus didn't go through, that he can't help us with. So we are aware of the reality that there will be troubles. We are aware of the reality that um, things won't go great. But what has God said, or what has, what, what has God said in his word for us? He said, don't be anxious about anything. In every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. 
the peace of God which transcends all understanding. More than we can understand. Something that doesn't make sense. Something that is greater than we could otherwise expect. Will guard our heart and our mind in Christ Jesus. So God has promised that we can, if we present our request to God, his peace, which passes understanding, will guard our heart and our mind. So our thinking and our feeling, he promises that he will guard those. So we've got that. God promises that. He says, okay, so you will have trouble, but I can give you peace, and it will guard your heart and your mind. Great, I feel better. But in Matthew, he says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. So again, God recognises, he's realistic, he says, you will have problems, there will be things which destroy your peace, but take heart, I have overcome the world, I will give you peace. But he also says, blessed are the peacemakers, making peace, distributing the peace, giving out the peace, helping others who don't have peace, telling others about, look, I had this happen, God has helped me, I can help you. All of us here, we've all had different problems. That doesn't mean to say that all of us as individuals can help absolutely everyone. But between us, we've all had different experiences. Between us, we've all known God's peace in different ways. So between us, we can be peacemakers. We can pass that on to others. So, we can show joy, we can show peace. What about hope? What's the reality about hope? The psalmist says, Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Saviour and my God. The psalmist was downcast. The psalmist had no hope. Sometimes we look at things and we think, it's never going to get better, it's never going to work out. But the psalmist praised God. He put his hope in God. We can still put our hope in God. Not only so, it says in Romans, but we also glory in our sufferings. We know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. Sadly, we do live in a fallen world. Sadly, we sometimes have to persevere and keep going and just keep moving forward. That perseverance will develop character. It will be there may be scars. There may be things that you know, don't completely and utterly heal, but we develop character and we develop hope because we know that God has helped us before and he'll help us again. So for us, the Bible says in Isaiah, for those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. 
They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. We hope in the Lord. He will help us. He has promised he'll never leave us. He's promised that he is with us always. So we can soar on wings like eagles. We will run and not grow weary. We will walk and not be faint. So that's again, great for us, good for us. In Romans it says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Are we overflowing? Jesus has promised that we can have, we will fill our cup and our cup will overflow. The psalmist said that we will have a cup, it will overflow. So we are a church, we can help each other. We are, there may be things that we are going through. There may be things in our individual lives where we are maybe lacking joy, we are lacking peace, we are lacking hope. But we are a church, we are a group of people. Some of us will have been through things and we lacked joy, we lacked peace, we lacked hope. But God has seen us through. Are we just going to sit on that and say, well, God saw me through? Or are we going to share within our church, within our family, that we have joy, we have peace, we have hope? And then are we as a church going to overflow? And are we as a church going to demonstrate that we have joy, we have peace, we have hope, and show that to the world? We watch the news, there are all sorts of things going on. You know, the world is lacking joy, is lacking peace, is lacking hope. We have that hope, we have that peace, we have that joy. We don't all have it, all the time, and we will all go through difficult times. But ultimately, God has promised that we can have joy, we can have peace, and we can have hope. So I'll just read again that last verse. May the God of hope fill you up with joy, fill you up with peace, so that your believing lives, filled with the life-giving energy of the Holy Spirit, will brim over. Let's pray. Father God, we want to brim over with joy, with peace, and with hope. Father God, we want to reflect that joy, that peace, that hope to a world which lacks joy, peace, and hope. Father God, we, we, we know, you know, that we will at times lack those things. But we thank you, Father, that you are more than enough. We thank you, Father, that you are faithful. You have promised never to leave us, that you are always there, 
always listening. Father, I thank you that you love us, you care for us. Thank you, Father, that you are here, that you are speaking, that you are strengthening. But Lord, I thank you that you will send us out into this world to spread your joy, your peace, and your hope to the world. Thank you, Father. Amen.